Hi there, everyone. I'm Gwen Jones, and welcome once again to the I'm a Rotarian podcast, the weekly podcast where I introduce you to amazing people that proudly call themselves Rotarians. Well, this week, I'm talking to Will Ratiff. Now, Will happens to be the 2023 chairman of a peace conference, a peace conference that's being held in Birmingham, Alabama. Now, I was raised with the 1960s civil rights movement just pounded into my head. Respectfully, it was an important thing for me to learn about. And Birmingham, Alabama was one of those cities that was notorious during that age. But what if we rethink Birmingham? It is one of the fastest growing cities in the United States, and it is one of the most beautiful. And could it be the most perfect place to embrace their past, move through it into a peaceful future? Could it be the most amazing place for a peace conference? Well, we're going to talk about it today. We're talking to Will about the 2023 Peace Conference in Birmingham, Alabama. And I am so excited that you've joined us for the conversation. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Will Ratliff is with me today, and he's a Rotarian since 1989. But right now, he does not have an official title that is in Rotary, but he has an amazing title. He is the chairman of the 2023 Peace Conference that, get ready for this, everybody, is being held in Birmingham, Alabama. Because when you think of international peace, you think of Alabama, right? I'm going to be snarky. You guys are all snarky as you're driving in your car right now. We're going to find out about a 2023 peace conference that I myself am personally really excited to get more information about. Well, thank you so much for joining us and telling us all about the conference today. It's so great to have you on the show. It's great to be here, Gwen. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you. And I have to say, I did start off with the elephant in the room because I think it's important because I always say to people, the only way to know how to work on our future is to know our past. And you live in a town that perhaps is not the most peaceful or it hasn't been in the past. What do you think about that? Well, um, it's important to remember that while the the violence and the difficult parts of Birmingham Pass are what many people focus on, that it was nonviolent protests, including nonviolent protest by students that took place in Birmingham that changed the course of history. Um, right. Whether you, whoever you talk about in the civil rights movement, whether it's Andrew Young or Ralph Abernathy, John Lewis, all of them would say that what took place in Birmingham was a turning point in the civil rights movement and brought the civil rights movement onto the national stage in a way that it had not previously been. And it was, it was yes, the violence, but it was most importantly the nonviolence of the protesters who uh, rose above 
the violent responses of the then in place power structure in Birmingham that made such an emphatic point that the nation really started to pay attention, that this was something that had to be addressed. So, so that's, that's a, a critically important thing for people to remember about Birmingham and Birmingham has made amazing strides since then. Um, one of the reasons we're not calling this a Rotary International Peace Conference is because we are co-hosting, Rotary is co-hosting this event with the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute and the Institute for Human Rights at the University of Alabama in Birmingham. So those three hosts all represent important constituencies in the Birmingham community that want to make it clear that Birmingham does now stand for international peace and for human rights and for um, the the progress of humanity toward more peace and better human rights and better protection from hu- for human rights. So um, I, I think that uh, as I mentioned, it sounds to me like there's 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 very few places that it makes the most sense. You know, well, it's like you need if if we take the bandaid, like I said, this was the elephant in the room. Let's take the bandaid off. Let's use whatever cliche you want to use to say we have to know our past so you can tell us about our future. So tell us. In spite of all that history, we got that all the way. Tell us about the 2023 peace conference. Well, it's it's going to be a truly international peace conference. And as I mentioned to you, it's being modeled on the two international conferences that were hosted uh, in San Bernardino by the the local districts there. Um, And so it will have multiple what are being called tracks. Uh, where people can focus on everything from individual peace <laughs> to international peace. Uh, there'll be breakout sessions on each of the eight tracks. Those eight tracks are individual peace, peace at home and with families, peace and peace education in schools, peace and the prevention of violence in communities, um, international peace. And then we have special tracks on human trafficking, on the empowerment of women and girls and on the continuing quest for racial justice and equity. So um, we'll have keynote speakers on all of those topics. uh, And then we will have breakout sessions. And in each one of those breakout sessions, people will have the option of pursuing whatever track they want to. So we'll have speakers like the um, primary national spokesperson for the transcendental meditation movement to talk about about individual peace. (laughs) And we'll have Jennifer Jones here, the Rotary International President, to talk about Rotary and its peace initiatives. And we expect to have representatives of the four countries that signed the Abraham Accords, um, which I and many other people consider the biggest step toward Middle East peace since the Camp David Accords, um, where um, three Arab countries decided to to normalize relations with, I'm sorry, 
my ears are ringing. <laughs> um, so uh, the um, you were mentioning the three countries, yeah, the Abraham yeah, Accords, yeah, yeah, Bahrain, Morocco, and the United Arab Emirates signed the Abraham Accords to normalize relations with Israel. So those countries are now co-investing with Israel. They're now sharing uh, transportation and trade in a normal uh, international, uh, in the normal mode of international. This is like air quotes. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. Air quotes about normal. Mm -hmm. So um, so we will have a full spectrum of um, programs and presentations about all aspects or not all aspects of peace, but many, many aspects of peace that will appeal to a whole range of different people. We will obviously people will come to Birmingham expecting to hear about our civil rights history. uh, Right. But you don't want that necessarily. It sounds to me like that's the elephant in the room, like we talked about, but that's not the reason why why you are having this conference. It's only one of many things is what it sounds like. Well, it's one, it's one of many things and, and civil rights, you can't separate civil rights from human rights and you can't separate civil rights from the quest for peace. Uh, You know, the, the Jim Crow era (laughs) in the South, which, which I was born into um, Mm -hmm. uh, was a period of institutionalized violence that, that, is, as you say, a shameful part of our past. And yet um, we are in the process of transcending that and and working to get beyond the the legacy of that. Um, Birmingham was one of the very first uh, cities in the country to establish a civil rights uh, institute, which is not only a museum for the civil rights movement, but is also an institute for study where they have a tremendous archive of firsthand accounts of um, people who were active in the civil rights movement. So, so it's a, so Birmingham has that legacy, but is in the process of transforming that legacy into an asset as opposed to a, um, an albatross around our necks, if you will. So, and which is amazing to me. One thing you talked about that was very interesting is it sounds like in, in a lot of peace conferences, I think they get kind of narrow. It's like, here's a peace conference for just what's going on in North America, or here's just international peace. The one thing that, that you brought it up when you were doing those eight areas was inner peace. Is that something that's kind of new to yours to your conference? And did you bring this up, especially during... COVID, that that inner peace part of life has not been as easy for a lot of people. Is that since we're coming out of COVID, did you decide that inner peace aspect of the conference because of our new life that we're leading well, right now? No, I would not say that it it's been our intention even before COVID. With this this conference was actually supposed to take place in 2021. Um and so you got two years to kind of finite and take all the kinks out. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's what we'll say. <laughs> that, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. But there and there have been some real benefits of having put it off. For instance, we're partnering in our youth programming with New Gen Peace Builders, which is a great um, partner of Rotary International. 
And <laughs> we're now entering our third school year of having introduced the new gen peace builders curriculum into schools uh, wow. in, in the Birmingham and central Alabama area. And so we'll have a youth, we'll have a youth peace conference that is operating parallel to the uh, international peace conference and the young uh, peace builders who've been certified by new gen peace builders will be actively engaged as discussion leaders and um, participants in that youth peace conference. So, so that, that was just one of a number of benefits of having that extra two years that you just referred to, to get the kinks out. So. Where did the inner peace part way back in 2021 come into it then? Well, um, I think most people, whether you're talking about Martin Luther King or Mahatma Gandhi or the the people that we refer to iconic as iconic leaders for peace, have all uh, emphasized the fact that that true peace starts inside you and then radiates out, and and so um, and. I mentioned specifically transcendental meditation, but that's only one of a whole array of practices uh, that are, that are linked to individual uh, peace. The, one of the reasons that that uh, I mentioned transcendental meditation is because they they have made a concerted effort to generate scientific data for a long time that shows the health benefits as well as the societal benefits of, um, of meditation. But people go to church for inner peace. Uh, people, uh, I know at Rudy's conferences uh, in Southern California, there were several such moving and, and compelling presentations about forgiveness. And we expect to have that also be a part of the individual peace uh, track that we have here in Birmingham because uh, it's very difficult to imagine uh, achieving uh, peace unless we can forgive uh, whether we call them our enemies or not, but whether we can forgive the people that have made life difficult for us in the past um, because a cycle of uh, revenge or competition or uh, animosity is never going to lead us uh, to the to the sort of peaceful world that we want to to live in. So individual peace is an important component of that, but it's not it, it's certainly not the only component. Well, and I and I have to agree with that. I think I think what's very fascinating is and it's come up with some of the other guests. It's kind of like when when Rotary especially kind of goes in, we have our vision of what we think we should do to fix the problem. We have, we know, and so we, in some of these other conferences or other things that we're, we're involved with, we know what we would do if for us to say that we're at peace, but that may not match. So is it fair to all concerned, right? The four-way test. And it's interesting when we're talking about peace and the conversation about peace, what really is peace? And so I find it fascinating that you're starting with, let's start with all of us being peaceful in ourselves and then 
what then radiates from that, like throwing a rock in a pond, what radiates out from that will be fair and best to all concerned. Is that is that kind of the program that you're trying to put together? Well, I, I think you mentioned inner peace as a starting point. I think everybody would say they have their own starting point. For some Touché. people that for some people that starting point would be education. So we have a track about uh, peace and peace education in schools. And for other people for other people that might be uh, work that they do in the community. Uh, and so we talk about uh, peace and violence prevention in communities. So, so the whole idea of having eight tracks is that people can approach it from whatever level, different angle feels, or angle. Okay, that's right. That's that's of most interest to them. Um, uh, so it's it's really a question in my mind of of where the attendees are in their own. Um, their own quest for peace. You know, one of the things that's going to make this conference different from any Rotary conference I've ever been to, Gwen, is that we're actually going to have um, continuing education hours available for various professions. We'll have wow. we'll have continuing education hours available for for lawyers, for social workers, for nurses, because <clears throat> if you think about a human trafficking victim, they almost all human trafficking victims need legal assistance. Right. They, they mostly uh, start out or often start out by being arrested. Uh, and, and so, uh, or at least arrested on suspicion of, of some sort of issue, mm-hmm. or they have lost their identities. You know, mm. many, many people are kept in servitude because they're, uh, passports and their other uh, important papers have been stolen from them, and and are being used as uh, as an uh, a way of keeping them keeping control of them. And so so they need lawyers. They obviously are going to need social work. They many of them need nursing care. We need nurses and and lawyers who can recognize uh, human trafficking victims when they encounter them because oftentimes they're not it's not obvious that right. they might be being trafficked. Um Dave McCleary, who is the president or actually he's now I think chairman of emeritus of of uh, the uh Rotary Action Group the Action Group against slavery. slavery. Yeah. We've had him on the show. <laughs> I'm not surprised. He's, he's he ought to be a hero to all Rotarians for the mm-hmm. work that he's doing. And uh, he's helping us organize the whole human trafficking track. But he's we're going to have representatives of law firms that do a lot of pro bono work in the human trafficking area so that so that lawyers, whether they come from uh, Washington State, where you live, or Alabama, mm-hmm. will be able to, to get continuing education hours for uh, attending our conference. Similarly, nurses and social workers and maybe other professions as well. So, so well, the, and I, and excuse me for interrupting, but it's a, how did this branch out into so many avenues? I mean, is it almost too many avenues? I mean, I'm I'm blown away already because when you think of peace conferences, in my opinion, my opinion, you send all the hate mail to me, everybody. In my opinion, it's usually not only peace within yourself, like you mentioned, 
or peace even in North America or the United States. It's usually out there. Like those guys, those guys need peace, them, those over there. (laughs) And what you're saying is not only are you going to start with the human being itself and their peace, but it's going to ripple out. And then it sounds to me like you want to continue this long after the conference, like to put a curriculum together. Is that something that you're that you're thinking about? Is this more than just a conference? Is this going to be? Rotary starting a whole peace educational system. Well, of course, Gwen, Rotary already has a peace educational system that absolutely that yes. operates with Rotary Peace Fellows. And I haven't even mentioned the fact that we will have as a pre-conference event, an event that is just for Rotarians and Rotary Peace Fellows, where we're bringing in uh, 50 or more Rotary Peace Fellows from around the world to partner with Rotarians and do true in-depth planning for their partnerships. And the, the plan for that symposium is for those Rotarians to, to commit in advance and get to know the Peace Fellows that they will be working with starting in January or February and be preparing for that symposium so that when they come to Birmingham for the symposium, they'll have the opportunity to to really get together and get to know each other better, but also um, do some very concrete planning on how they're going to work together, whether those peace projects are in um, uh, California or whether those peace projects are in India or uh, sub-Saharan Africa. So, um, so Rotary does have an educational program. True. We, we would, it would please me greatly if we could see the the new gen peace builders program continue in in area high schools and continue to grow here um and very much like some of uh the past uh rotary international peace conferences and the the ones in southern california a lot of that content is still available on the web and we mm-hmm. we would certainly hope that that would be the case uh with ours as well why didn't you why didn't you put it under the rotary umbrella? I mean, I talked we talked about before we started that this podcast is called I'm a Rotarian as opposed to I am Rotary because Rotary is trademarked. And so I get to do whatever I want. <laughs> you know, when it's called a Rotarian. But why didn't you put this under the Rotary umbrella? So well, Rotary has certainly been the initiator and and the instigator, if you will, of this effort because of our past experience. And I mentioned my wife, Carolyn, who's been an invaluable partner in this from the beginning. She and I started attending Rotary Peace Conferences with the International Conference in Bangkok wow. um, in, in 2014, I think. And since that time, we, we have so... Uh, appreciated the the amazing input that we've gotten into our own lives and into into our rotary lives uh, from those international conferences. Um, but when we started thinking about Birmingham, you mentioned the elephant in the room, right? Uh, it just didn't it did not seem appropriate to us. And in fact, the president, the then president of the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute, uh, was a member of our Rotary Club. It didn't seem right to us in Birmingham, Alabama, to have 
it'd be just a Rotarian uh, event. Uh, we, we felt like it was important for it to be a community event and open to everybody as well. Uh, and when I say everybody, I mean everybody from around the world. We're, right. we're certainly hoping and expecting to have attendees from from all over the world, including the Rotary Peace Fellows that I mentioned to you. But um, but we also wanted it to be um, clear that this is a unified Birmingham event. And in fact, uh, the Birmingham uh, just hosted the World Games. It's the first mm-hmm. time the World Games have been hosted outside. I mean, it's the first time since the very first World Games, uh, I think 40 years ago, that uh, they've been held in the United States. And uh, so that brought a, a, a wonderful international spotlight on Birmingham. But Alabama has always been known for great sports. Right. Uh, I, you where, guys play a little bit of football there. <laughs> In from Alabama, time, from time to time, <laughs> from exactly time to right. time, exactly. Um, but the um, uh, but it it became very important to us to make it clear that this is not just a ro- rotary event that that it is a broader um, showcase for Birmingham uh, and and all of Birmingham, and in fact. Uh, the mayor is so excited about it. He's now proclaimed the whole week leading up to and through the peace conference as Birmingham Peace Week. Wow. Congratulations. And I was I was with uh, he he has a quarterly meeting called the Faith Leaders Roundtable. And I was at that uh, meeting this morning um, and and spoke to his Faith Leaders Roundtable about the fact that there will be a, a Birmingham Peace Week in May. And that we hope that all the members of the faith community, as well as the business community, as well as the academic community, will take advantage of Birmingham Peace Week to showcase the positive things that are going on in Birmingham. That, uh, as you indicated early on, Birmingham is not necessarily known for its peace uh, and its peace leadership, but there are ways in which Birmingham, I fully expect, is going to surprise uh, not only Rotarians, but anybody else who's paying attention. Well, and I, and, and we as, and I, and I challenge my listeners out there that we need to get out of our own way as far as this town goes or Selma or, you know, different parts of Mississippi, the South, you know, I, I, how much of it is knowledge And how much of it is preconceived bias? I mean, we talk, Jennifer Jones talks about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And diversity, that one's pretty easy, equity, but inclusion could also be, another word for it could also be immersion. Like, I am a West Coast baby. I know my West Coast. I was born in California. I was raised here in Washington State. And going to the Deep South is something I've only done once. And I drove through it when I was traveling across the United States. And I had to say that it was gorgeous. It was really cool. I miss the cicadas in the trees with the noise at night. And I miss lightning bugs like you'd never know. I think lightning (laughs) bugs are Mother Nature's absolute gift in the summertime. That being said, I had to admit I had some real bias. Like, Am I going to run into 
you know, something, something, my preconceived bias. Are you doing this conference to maybe get rid of some of that bias? I mean, you're very proud. You've gotten these amazing uh, organizations to work with you, but it's kind of this back part of your mind is we're also going to have this conference to prove that Gwen, get over yourself. We're not that bias. Is that, could that be in there too a little bit? Well, Birmingham's not perfect today. Um, well, we, we neither like- is Woodby Island. I, I <laughs> People seem to forget that one of the largest white supremacist gatherings in the United States took place at South Woodby State Park back in the 80s. So wow. I can I can find things to mess about my own down the street here. So <laughs> sure. sure. Well, that, <laughs> yeah. So all of us, all of us have parts of our history that that we're not proud of and that Correct. we want to uh, that we want to correct going forward. Um, so is this penance? Is this in your own way? I, I certainly wouldn't call it penance, but I do call it an opportunity for Birmingham to uh, help, at least for some people, change the narrative about Birmingham. Because, for instance, I'll give you an example of something that we'll highlight at the conference. Birmingham has a 40-year-old pride parade that has been uh, a model for for pride events and um, uh, throughout the southeast, other other many other cities have come to Birmingham to model, and our our Pride Week now extends to more than ten days. Um, not only that, but we had uh, one of the five premier. Uh, research and treatment centers for AIDS here in Birmingham, uh, starting very early on in the AIDS uh, epidemic. And so um, Birmingham uh, has, even though people have this idea that you mentioned at the beginning about Birmingham being uh, a backward, if not um, a violently black backward place, uh, has had aspects of its history that we should take pride in uh, mm-hmm. and and that um, have made an enormous difference to, to people growing up in and around Birmingham. Birmingham has a charter school called Magic City Acceptance Academy that people are coming from all over the world to, to see what, what an environment that truly embraces um, uh, LGBTQ children in an ed- educational environment uh, uh, should look like. So it's a, these are things that. That never get talked about. That never Will, get talked I'll about. tell you, never get talked about west of, you know, the Mississippi. And I, and when I was in, it was quite interesting when I was in the South, uh, I was, I was told that I was from the West and they said, Colorado. Denver. And I'm like, well, no, because swing another, you know, a few miles, keep going, keep going, you know? So, so, I mean, we do, I guess, I guess, I mean, I have a great saying that I never want, I never want to be judged by the worst 15 minutes of my life. Yeah. And so, you know, I, so perhaps this is an absolute perfect place to have this. So you've told us about the inner piece to the outer piece that you're looking for. How did you get these other folks involved? Now you mentioned the mayor and the mayor got together his 
his so that one was easy when the mayor calls you up and says by the way <laughs> will and these folks are having this conference and i'd like you to be that one was pretty easy but how did you get these other organizations you teased us at one point and you said well one of the folks actually is a is a rotarian but how did you how did you get these other organizations to team up with you on this conference well um, was it like the mayor? Was it just a phone call? Did you did you meet <laughs> over a football game in Alabama and an well, Alabama football game and said, let's do a peace conference? Well, actually, um, something you're not aware of, but but I know Connor Gee is that you mentioned yeah. earlier. Uh, Birmingham has the world's largest rotary club or at least North America's largest rotary club. Ooh. We have over 600 members. And so. Uh, in my club was not only the president of the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute, but also the president of UAB, which is uh, where the Institute for Human Rights is he- is uh, wow. headquartered. Uh, also, the mayor's chief of staff at that time that this began um, uh, before the mayor was even elected. I mean, I'm talking about this began before our current mayor was even elected, but the mayor's chief. Of so staff- it's lucky you included him. Frankly, because <laughs> you guys obviously your membership could have taken care of this without him. It sounds like. Well, well yeah. Un- un- unfortunately, I would say the mayor is a Kiwanian. So, oh. <laughs> but well, he that's it. But he, he doesn't. <laughs> we don't hold that against him, and he doesn't hold that against us. And uh, um, but as I say, his chief of staff is is a member of our Rotary Club too, and and both the chief of staff and the. Um, uh, president of the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute at that time um, were involved in the planning for this from the very earliest stages because, as I said, while it was modeled intentionally on Rotary Peace Conferences, our feeling was it was very important in our community for it not to be a purely Rotary uh, event. Um, I'm sure you've heard that that Rotary uh, even as it makes the strides that um, President Jennifer is is striving to make in in uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, um, I'm a great example of the um, male, pale, and stale um, uh, world of Rotary, and and it's important uh, not only for for people to know that Rotary is is not that. But I think it's a great opportunity for Rotary to show first that it can and and can successfully partner with other organizations that share its goals. And it's uh, obviously that's being done at the international level with WHO and um, the Gates Foundation and that sort of thing. But it's something we probably don't do enough at the club level uh, in terms of really striving to to partner other than maybe with nonprofits that we're raising money for or partnering with on service projects and that sort of thing. So, um, but it's, but frankly, it would please me greatly if um, people who um, live in Birmingham or live elsewhere in Birmingham, I mean, in Alabama or the Southeast come to our conference and get a different image of Rotary that maybe they've got because there's so many uh, uh, people who have a rotary, an image of rotary as a, as a men's business club that meets once a week 
right uh, and does does good things in their community um but if they come uh to to Birmingham and they see rotary and see rotarians uh of all colors and genders and um um beliefs of, i mean with 600 beliefs. people you have you've got to have different beliefs different Absolutely. genders different you know so 600 people that yeah. is amazing to me i have a club of of 36 thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> well, but and that's about the global average membership I think right about 36 so so then i i i assume this is just part of the agenda of a, of a regular, you definitely have a staff right there in your club, but I do have to ask, uh, you mentioned that you're not, you know, we should check out the new rotary club because we're not just people that are sitting around having lunch or whatever. Where does a 600 club member club meeting meet? (laughs) Like, where do you meet? Gwen, you, you need to come to Birmingham. I think I do. I would be honored well, please come. And in fact, you can you can generate uh, material for multiple podcasts right here. Uh, I I could just spend a week and just like okay, you twenty five people, you twenty five people, but but you didn't answer the question, sir. Where do uh, six hundred people meet? I'm getting ready to tell you that. Okay. Some of our prominent we are. By the way, Birmingham also has the largest Kiwanis Club in. In North America. Oh, the Mayor's Club. Okay. And, and so uh with the leadership of the Rotarians, uh, we have a building called the, the Harbert Center that is the uh John Harbert was a prominent Rotarian at the time and a and a very uh, active philanthropist in our city. And he helped raise money and gave a substantial amount of money to have our own building in downtown Birmingham wow. that is the home of the Rotary Club. The um, well, it's actually now the home of several Rotary clubs. Um, we have a Sunset Club and a Sunrise Club um, in, here in Birmingham that that were spun out of the the uh, Rotary Club of Birmingham. We have the world's largest Rotaract Club that meets here. We have um, see these are things about Birmingham that, that I, I know no I'm gobsmacked. About. Absolutely no idea. No idea. I just thought I was going to be talking about a conference. I had no idea because, you know, we have Seattle Four here, which is right down the street from where I am, give or take a ferry ride. And uh, they pride themselves on four and they used to pride themselves on being the largest. But no, that's Birmingham. Got to go to Alabama, everybody, if you want to check out the largest group. So you have your own building, which sounds logical to me, quite frankly. Well, it, well, it, it, and the building gets used a lot because yeah. not only uh, is it uh, used for Kiwanis meeting on Tuesday and our club meeting on Wednesday lunch and the Rotaract Club lunch on every other Thursday and Wednesday mornings by the Sunrise Rotary Club. But it uh, serves as a venue for um, all sorts of other nonprofit meetings, as well as weddings and um uh, all sorts of other um, community-wide events because it's such a beautiful facility. So, wow. Um, 
Well, and then we can have peace between the Rotarians and the Kiwanis. We could put, maybe have a peace conference anywhere, right? Especially, you know, if the mayor, you know, and we won't hold it against him. The Kiwanis are awesome people. What do you want? So it's the day after the conference. Now, granted, you're tired, you're exhausted. You probably aren't done cleaning up and getting everything done. But as everybody walked away and they all were going home, what do you hope that they took back? What do you think they're talking about? What do you think their experience was or what you hope their experience was? Well, uh, we're making a concerted effort in all of our presentations, Gwen, to focus on take-home value. So okay. we really are hoping that people, whether they're whether their interest is in uh, combating human trafficking or uh, reducing child abuse or improving reading scores for children or building uh, better community-based health care uh, or learning to meditate. We hope that, that people, whoever comes, will come and the day after the conference, they will say, I got so much out of that. This is what this is what I can take away to make my community better, to make my personal life better, to contribute to international peace. Whatever in whatever area their focus is, we want them to to latch on to uh, things that they hear at our conference and say, "I didn't know that. That's a great idea. That's an amazing program." we want them to have take home value. And so um, whether they're Rotarians or not, we really want people. And, and that's part of the professional continuing education hours that I mentioned mm -hmm. to you previously. Yeah. It would please me greatly if there were lawyers who came to our, one of, one of our presentations, Gwen will be about collaborative divorce. Did you know there's such a thing as collaborative divorce? I knew there was uncoupling, but I didn't know <laughs> that was quite the word there for a while. I have never heard of that. What is that? Well, uh, collaborative divorce, as I understand it from uh, the, the um, woman who is going to make the presentation, she brought collaborative divorce practice to the state of Alabama and has trained other lawyers. Um, it's, it's apparently extremely popular in the UK and Canada. Um, but it's where the parent, well, usually I, I would say it's parents of children, but it doesn't necessarily have to be, but it's where the spouses who have decided that they really, for whatever reason, are not living their best lives as a married couple, but they decide that they do not want their divorce to be an adversarial proceeding. Okay. They want it, they want it to be something which is, um, cooperative, peaceful, and peaceful, yeah, and, mm -hmm. and, and strives to arrive at the best possible arrangement for all the stakeholders, whether that's just the married couple, but often, as I say, it also involves children to try to make sure, sure that, that the, the um, divorce does not take a toll or any more of a toll than it has to take on the children. And so, mm -hmm. um, so there's a, there's a, a well-developed uh, methodology that lawyers have to be trained in to become a collaborative 
divorce practitioner. Um, And and that'll be one of the topics that that people will be able to come, whether they're lawyers or whether they're people contemplating a divorce. They'll Mm -hmm. have an opportunity to come and listen to a presentation about that. And so many of the people that I've talked to uh, when I mentioned that, they say, I, I didn't even know that existed. Yeah. I mean, we think about divorce, we think of War of the Roses or some type of adaptation of. So, exactly. yeah. Exactly. Isn't that amazing? So, well, please. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I we've, we've had this wonderful conversation and I don't think the one thing uh, that we have talked about is when is the 2023 <laughs> Birmingham Peace Conference? Because I'm sure there's people listening going, um... Hello. <laughs> when is it? And and are tickets available? I guess are the pretty obvious Absolutely. questions. Absolutely. The website is up. You can register now at an early bird rate. Ooh. And the, the dates are May 4th through the 6th. And uh, May 4th is really just an opening reception. The, the True Peace Conference itself starts on the morning of the 5th of May uh, and extends until four o'clock in the afternoon on the uh, sixth, and uh, and then there'll be a an optional concert for people. We we think we're we're still working on the concert concept, but we think there'll be a concert on that Saturday night, the sixth, as well. Wow! So, so how many people would you like if this thing sold out? How many how many people edging for peace do you want to come to Birmingham? Well, we we'd like to have fifteen hundred uh, okay. people. Uh, which I think would make it the biggest peace conference uh, that that has taken place uh, in the Rotary International world. I'm not 100% sure of that, but I think it is. But if we had 1,500 people, nothing would please me more than for us to have to go out and try to find an extra 100 chairs and opportunity for, for more people to attend. So You're willing to put out a few folding chairs in, in a pinch if we need to? You're willing to do it? That's exactly right. Exactly. That sounds awesome. Mr. Chairman, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. I would love it if you'd send me all that information so we make sure we get it up on the website and up uh, when the podcast goes up. But uh, you're just wanting to do a conference about peace. And, and to me, that from inner peace to outer peace to world peace, and if that doesn't inspire people to give your town's history the history it belongs in the past and be in the present and check out uh, Birmingham, Alabama one more time in the name of peace. I think it sounds like a pretty damn good idea. And I thank you for joining me on the show. It's been awesome. Well, Gwen, thank you very much for the invitation. And uh, I'd love to come back uh, as we approach the Peace Conference and I'll give you even more tidbits about the the, the amazing speakers that we're going to have. Oh, you tease, you tease, you tease. Let's do it. We will talk for sure. Thank you so much, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. There's a saying, no better, do better. Right? No better, do better. Birmingham knows its past. And I respect that past. I learned from that past. But can Birmingham be a place that embraces its past moves into its future and moves into a future with inner and outer peace for the world. An intriguing question. And like I said, an amazing city to have that question. 
don't you think? And Will's going to come back and give me uh, some of his speakers as we get closer to May 2023. And you know, you know I'm going to have him back. You know. I've had too many people keeping too many secrets from me about all these conferences. Drives me nuts. Will, thank you so much for being on the show today. And of course, thank you out there for listening to the show. As usual, have friends, uh, download us and rate us. Tell a friend about the show. If you have an amazing Rotarian that I should know about, rotarianpod at gmail.com. All right, then, until next week, like I tell you every week, take care of yourself and the world around you, and we'll hear you next time on the I'm a Rotarian podcast. Have a wonderful week, everybody. Bye-bye.